It's all about the confidence. This is Presenting the Producer, a podcast for aspiring producers. I'm Lisa Tuig, your host. In the previous episode, we focused on talent management, its importance, and why you as a producer should be working on improving yours constantly. If you haven't listened to that episode, I'd recommend you go back and check it out. Learning to be a supportive team player is crucial for anyone wishing to work in radio. In this episode, we're discussing booking interviews and how to do it successfully. Now, if you haven't much experience at this, it can seem pretty daunting. How do you know who's a good choice to interview? What about persuading a band to come in? Should you accept every press release that's sent to you? If you work at a smaller station, how do you persuade someone to give you their time? These are all valid questions. And today we'll be focused on three producers, all of whom work on shows that have interviews as a staple. For these producers, booking guests is second nature. To start, let's hear from Tim Johns, the producer of The Jeremy Vine Show on Radio 2, a show that never seems to fail to have a unique guest or an unusual angle on a current issue. So what's the secret to always securing an engaging interviewee? Tim Johns explains. Perseverance to a point. So now it can be polite, but you know, if you sent 10 emails and heard nothing back, it's not going to happen. Move on, get another good interview. A good phone manner is a big tip. A good phone manner is key. If someone may or may not be persuaded to talk to you on your outlet, if you don't carry the weight of, hello, I'm from BBC Radio 2, or I'm from BBC Radio 4, or whatever, if you don't carry that weight, then you have to sell that interview based on you, or the person doing the interview. So you need to be able to phone them up and just have a nice, genuine, normal chat and assess how busy they are and how much time they have for that chat. And you need to be able to just charm them and explain clearly why you want to do it and benefit to them. And if they like you, they might do it. Often it's that simple. So there's no hard and fast rule about, okay, how do I get a good personality? But <laughs> but you can work on your phone manner. If you're bad on the phone, you can get better at that. People often fall down on the phone manner thing by blundering straight into, oh, hi, can you come on to talk about dogs or whatever? We just need a bit more than that. Oh, uh, we saw that you have this real passion for dogs and you're volunteering for the kennels and that's amazing. And, and I work here and this is exactly what my program's about. We're hoping you might come on and just context. Sometimes people ignore the context. I mean, we're always keeping all of our eyes between us. That can be at least eight eyes uh, open for fascinating interviews. And, you know, a few things come our way, like incredible, exceptional interviews. Uh, but crucially, a few incredible exceptional interviews come the way of every media outlet in the world. So most things that you hear that are amazing anywhere, they've probably been somewhere else. So it's about reading every page of the paper, not just the front three, and listening to the World Service on, you know, BBC World Service in the dead of night, and just always looking out for things that might be amazing. For example, there was a terrible story on local BBC last night about a poor woman who had reached into her car to try and turn the keys to put the ignition on to raise the electric windows because they were open or something. But she was standing outside the car, she leant in to do that. I think the car must have been in gear and it like lurched and it took her arm off. Apparently they're going to stitch it back on, she'll make a full recovery or something amazing. Anyway, my thought there is, great, well I'm going to make a note in my diary for six months time to try and track her down because that'll be an amazing interview. People might try and get hold of her now, they won't because she's in hospital. But remembering things like that, you might end up with this incredible interview and people think, where did you find her? It's just about always looking out for what could be great. The Jeremy Vine Show reaches 7 million listeners weekly. 
Understandably, Tim receives a huge amount of press releases. I took the chance to ask him for some advice. How does a producer decide whether a press release is worth featuring? If you're working perhaps in a community radio drive time programme and the format you've come up with is to cover 12 things a day, then obviously you're going to be looking at the press releases and seeing what's going to work for you and what's going to work for your show. So long as you read it and it makes you excited, that's the first thing. Secondly, if you read it and it's not a load of rubbish, that's the next thing. So if it looks like someone's made up some boring statistics by asking five people down the pub to try and promote a product, get out of here, delete it. But if someone has done a wide-ranging survey about happiness levels based on Netflix and you think actually that's a really interesting talking point about how people's life happiness has been enhanced by online streaming and you can think of a way to make it your own, then you can use PR pitches to your advantage. So if you're not working for a major radio station brand, you may have to work for more press releases than perhaps you want to, but have a close look at them first. Are they factually sound? Can you add an interesting angle to it so that it's relevant to your listeners? If it's a yes on both of these counts, go for it. This is a game, essentially. Phil Smith, Six Music's breakfast show producer. I appreciated his honesty in our conversation regarding interviews. There's a subtle exchanging of favours at play with some interviews that you should keep in mind. Sometimes you have to take a guest that you perhaps don't want so that you can get a guest that you do want. And we shouldn't think of broadcasting or your show or your network as an island. You are part of this big industry. And I learned this when I was producing Steve Lamack's show. He would say to me, are we going to play this new track from this artist? And I'd be like, they're not really very sick. So he said, no, 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 but that's fine because the person looking after that band are also looking after this band and there's a new album coming out. Let's get this away and let's show some love for this. And then when they come back, we'll get some love back from the, the bigger band. Staying on a music thread, I spoke to Radio One's Jacob Workout about booking artists for interviews. He advised stations to keep a close eye on bands coming to the area and if there's a local tie, use it to your full advantage. If we're talking about student radio or community radio, trying to book artists, the easiest way is to look at who's around. And I would probably concentrate on trying to get people in the studio face to face rather than phone interviews, because I think you can offer them a lot more if you're in the room with them and they're on a kind of promo trail anyway. And so obviously it helps if you're at a student station in a city where there's a decent touring venue and you get some good artists coming there anyway and with a couple of weeks notice you can just see if they're around for half an hour before their gig which a lot of them will be quite happy to do because they probably won't have any other promo to get on with that day and they'll be quite happy to spend some time i think also have a think about what you're able to offer them as a station because if they're in a position where they can do interviews on radio one they might do a performance on jules holland or mtv or whatever what can you bring to them that is a little bit extra and it might be the local angle Obviously, it helps if you've got some artists from your patch that are doing really well on a national level that you can look after as one of your own kind of thing. And that's one thing that I found really helpful when I was doing the introducing show in Kent. There were loads of artists that were being played every day on Radio 1, but because they were from Tunbridge Wells or whatever, they still had loads of time to just come and sit down in the room and, uh, and do an interview. Anyone can offer to do an interview. What can you offer that'll make it that much more enticing? Get creative with your interviews and you'd be surprised how far a bit of inventiveness will get you. Big up your local artists and try to get them into the studio when they're not touring. The most important thing of all in um, in booking anyone for anything and playing music on the radio is building relationships with people because getting to know press and 
artist managers and record labels is ultimately what will get you more of the same so if you do a good interview and a radio plugger remembers you for you know delivering exactly what they wanted out of it they might come back to you with an offer of the next thing instead of you having to ask them so much of our work on a daily basis on Annie's show is based on really strong relationships with pluggers and so I see them on a literally day-to-day basis have meetings with them a lot of it is appointments where they come in and play music but it's also a lot of the time us begging for time with the artists that they represent as well so it's a very two-way relationship. Also Music interviews are your way of nurturing your station's links with the music industry. Don't take them lightly, ever. If your station doesn't have a music team to go through, remember to always, always practice good manners, prompt replies to emails and good follow-ups when dealing with pluggers. They're a valuable tie and you should always see it as an ongoing relationship. Because it is. So, you managed to secure the interview. Congrats! You're not out of the woods yet as a producer. To warrant the time you spent getting that interview, you must do what you can to make sure it's a great interview on air. Whatever it takes, your presenter should be competent enough to hold a decent conversation with the interviewee. Booking the interviews is great, but it's the planning and the prep of the interview. You can't ever go into the interview dry without having seen, listened to, or watched whatever this person is promoting. It's just unfair. It's unfair on the person coming in and it's unfair on your presenter as well. And I think an audience can quickly tell if you haven't watched, seen, read this product. So it's really important to have at least one of you to have seen it. Now, if Sean can't go and see something or read something, I'll flick through it or I'll watch it or Joe will flick through it and watch it. Then we'll write some notes down. So at least we've got some questions and some ideas. And then you need to sit down with your presenter beforehand and say, okay, they're talking about this film, it's this, 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 and this, that's really interesting, there's really great music here, so we'll play one of those tracks, all these bits and pieces. So at the least, he's got in his head what some questions that you need to ask. Bill had some parting thoughts as well about ensuring your side of the agreement is upheld. What's really important is talking to the PR or the plugger about the guest and getting them to promote the fact they're going to be on the programme. Again, this is a game. We're promoting your product, what you're selling, your film or your book. And at the same time, you should be promoting that you're going to be on this network. We're not just getting you on to talk about this. We want something back in advance. You learn once you start making these programs that this is a game. You're helping somebody out and they're going to help you out. You'll still do a really professional job, but it's all part of working it out. It's sort of structure there. I hope this episode of Presenting the Producer gave you some pointers to take to heart and help you to start honing your skills around interviews. Did you learn something in this episode? Let me know with an iTunes review. I read every single one. Feel free to drop me an email, presentingtheproducer at gmail.com, on Facebook, or get me on Twitter, at PTProducer. Next time on Presenting the Producer. There are many little tips and tricks. I mean, specifically on this show, I say things like, oh, let me stop you there, that's great. That's all I can send up to the studio for now, but let me do that right now so we get it up there in time, okay? Thanks, because then I've incentivised them to stop talking so their comment might get on air. Hooray. But it's got to be simple. It's got to be clear. It's got to be entertaining. And there's got to be an element of risk, I guess. We talk colours, content, and what the hallmarks of a solid feature are.